0: Hello everyone, I hope you're well. This is Jimmy Allen. Welcome back to Orpheus Talks episode 19. I'm going to take you through two weeks worth of CTI incidents in this episode, following the usual format with our key issue to start off with, followed by cybercriminal activity, nation-state operations and hacktivism. So let's dive right into it. Our key issue for the past two weeks the North Korean state-sponsored threat at Lazarus Group is targeting victims across multiple regions, including Europe, Asia, and South America, with the d backdoor, a tool first discovered in 2019. The group are deploying the malware to compromise victims in numerous sectors, including chemical manufacturing, governmental research centers, IT service providers, policy institutes, and education. d features include key logging, screen capture, and gathering system information, Lazarus Group gains access to victims' environments through the use of stolen credentials or exploiting Internet-Exposed services. Once inside the network, D-Track begins to unpack the malware in several stages. Lazarus Group used three command and control servers in this latest campaign. Similarities were observed in the naming convention for the domains hosting the servers, with Lazarus Group choosing to combine a color with the name of an animal. Examples include pinkgoat.com and purplebear.com though it is unknown if these are randomly generated or possibly relate to victims that have been compromised. As of the 16th of November of 2022 this year, we have written 14 separate reports on the Lazarus group, focusing on individual campaigns and the unique tools they use. The group is split into two subgroups, Enderiel and BlueNoroff. The former is known to conduct reconnaissance in preparation for future operations, whilst the latter predominantly conducts campaigns against financial entities such as banks and cryptocurrency exchanges. While it is unclear which subgroup is behind the latest campaign, it can be assessed that Blue Noroff is responsible based on the precedent that d has historically been observed in financially motivated campaigns. The country has limited influence on the international stage, using missile tests and the threat of expanding its nuclear program as a means of asserting itself. North Korea will therefore continue to conduct cyber-enabled operations so as to generate revenue for the economically isolated country, allowing it to maintain its aggressive posture and remain relevant on the international stage. Moving on to our cyber-criminal reporting, on the 17th of November, 2022, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, read you sentence. On the 17th of November, 2022, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, and the Department of Health and Human Services released a joint advisory highlighting the threat posed by the Hive Ransomware as a Service Group. As of November 2022, Hive ransomware affiliates have received approximately 100 million US dollars in ransom payments from an estimated victim list of 1,300 companies encompassing multiple sectors, such as government, healthcare, manufacturing, IT, and communications. Hive varies its initial access vector depending on the affiliate undertaking the compromise. It has used a range of methods including single factor logins via remote desktop protocol, virtual private networks, and other remote network connection protocols. Additionally, Hive has managed to bypass multi-factor authentication, exploiting vulnerabilities on 40 OS servers, and thus disabling a prompt on the user's second authentication factor. I've also leveraged several other Microsoft Exchange server vulnerabilities after getting initial access via phishing. Hive Actors disable processes related to backups and products in order to evade detection and facilitate encryption. The group proceeds to remove all existing shadow copies by either using a VSS Admin EXE, a popular command line tool deployed by ransomware groups, or PowerShell. Windows event logs are also typically deleted to reinforce attempts to evade detection and Hive also disables all portions of Windows Defender and other antivirus products prior to encryption. Hive has also been observed exfiltrating data by likely leveraging a combination of R-Clone and the cloud storage service Mega.NZ. In terms of encryption, the file containing the decryption key is created in the redirectory. directory. The key only exists within the machine where it was created and any attempt to modify, rename or delete the file will ensure that encrypted files cannot be recovered. The Ransom Note contains a sales department onion link that enables the victim to make contact and negotiate with the affiliate. On some occasions, victims have reported receiving emails or phone calls from Hive members to discuss payment. Additionally, the Ransom Note threatens public disclosure of the exfiltrated data via their Hive leak site. We first reported on Hive following its compromise of the Canadian real estate firm Altus Group in June 2021 and have since outlined links to the infamous Conti Ransomware Group, as highlighted by Hive's breach against Costa Rica's Public Health Agency, a month after Conti's campaign against the Costa Rican government. Data collected from our Ransomware feed shows that Hive activity peaked in July 2022. However, we assess that the threat actors will continue to operate as one of the more prominent Ransomware Groups heading into 2023. This assessment is based on Hive's capabilities, emboldened by likely retaining Conti members and resources following the disbandment of the latter in May 2022. Moving on to our nation state coverage, on the 16th of November 2022, CISA and the FBI released a joint advisory warning that an Iranian state-sponsored threat actor had exploited CVE-2021-44228, a critical vulnerability tractors log4 shell, affecting the ubiquitous log4j Java-based logging library. CISA revealed that an unnamed Iranian nation-state unit had gained initial access to a federal civilian executive branch agency's network by exploiting the critical log 4 shell vulnerability in an unpatched VMware Horizon server. After an investigation observed suspected malicious activity on the network between mid-June and mid-July 2022. After exploiting the vulnerability to gain access to the target network, the perpetrators installed the XMR rig, cryptocurrency miner, and compromised credentials. It then proceeded to move laterally on the system and implanted NGROC reverse proxies to create an encrypted TCP tunnel, granting the threat actors remote access into the network to maintain persistence. Although a patch for Log4Shell was released in December 2021, some organizations have been slow to apply it, which is why it's become an extremely attractive exploit for malicious actors. We have previously reported on threat actors from North Korea and China using this tool in addition to Iran. In their statement, CISA and the FBI warn that all organizations who have yet to apply the patch should assume they have been compromised and begin threat hunting activities. The statement did not disclose the name of the Iranian group. However, multiple Iranian nation-state units have been observed exploiting Log4Shell in the past. We have previously reported that the Iranian state-sponsored group Muddy Water exploited Log4Shell vulnerabilities in August 2022 to compromise Israeli organizations. An APT-35, also known as Charming Kitten or Phosphorus, was also observed exploiting the same vulnerabilities back in 2021. Based on the tools and the target of this incident, it is likely the threat actors in this case are connected to one of those groups. This example also reaffirms the necessity of swiftly applying patches to critical vulnerabilities as they become available, as threat actors are routinely scanning for them in order to exploit them. I finally moving on to our hacktivism coverage, Belarusian hacktivist group the Cyberpartisans has compromised the systems of Russia's General Radio Frequency Center the GRFC, a subsidiary of Russia's internet and media regulator Roskomnadzor. Reportedly over two terabytes of data has been accessed and exfiltrated and will be handed to journalists for further investigation. The Belarusian Cyberpartisans are a pro-democracy entity that have been active since September 2020 when it launched in protest against the Lukashenko regime by disaffected security personnel. In January, we reported about the group using ransomware against a state-owned Belarusian railway company aiming to disrupt the movement of Russian soldiers into Belarus. The group has carried out a range of campaigns, largely focusing on Lukashenko, his government, and its support for Russia. In a statement to TASS, GRFC confirmed the breach, noting that attempts at access started in October using a previously unexploited vulnerability. GRFC alleged that perpetrators were unable to access sensitive information and denies claims made by the cyberpartisans that compromised workspaces were encrypted. Conversely, the cyberpartisans claimed to have damaged the domain controller, locked the compromised system, and successfully accessed and exfiltrated thousands of internal documents. To back up their claims, the cyberpartisans have posted screenshots of some of these documents. Among the documents are employee passport data and medical records, as well as internal emails and reports outlining agency projects. The group claims to have found information related to bot farms, widespread internet surveillance and centering activity, all used with the aim of establishing total control over those who have spoken out against the Putin regime. Additionally, the group claims to have found evidence that software from the Belarusian surveillance firm Falcon Gaze has been used to spy on GRFC employees. Activist activity targeting Russian entities has been regular since Russia's invasion of Ukraine. We have previously reported about federal agencies, media and news sites being defaced with anti-war messages. The Russian central bank was compromised by Anonymous, resulting in a substantial data leak. Additionally, Russian state-connected corporate entities have been targeted, including Rosneft, Transneft and several critical infrastructure units. Where hacktivist activity at the outbreak of war focused largely on reaching the Russian population with anti-war messages, more recent campaigns have sought to exfiltrate elite data without concurrent extortion demands. If shared publicly, data exfiltrated from GRFC's network will be helpful in building a better understanding of Russia's surveillance state, thus possibly aiding Western information and in cyber operations in future. We assess that hacktivists are very likely to continue to conduct hack and leak campaigns against Russian entities with the aim of exposing Russian secrets and thus aiding Russia's adversaries. On the opposite side of the hacktivism spectrum, the website of the European Parliament was targeted in a distributed denial of service attack on the 23rd of November, 2022. Russian hacktivists from the group Anonymous Russia, a subgroup of the pro-Russian Killnet hacktivist group, have claimed responsibility. The DDoS attack occurred following a vote in the European Parliament, which opted to recognize Russia as a state sponsor of terrorism. Members of the European Parliament also called for further isolation of Russia on the international stage and the introduction of additional sanctions. Killnet has conducted numerous campaigns since the start of the war in Ukraine. In April 2022, websites across Europe, especially in Romania and the Czech Republic, were targeted by DDoS attacks following European support for Ukraine and statements condoning the Russian invasion. In October 2022, Killnet conducted DDoS attacks against airports in the US, following US support for Ukraine, and Bulgarian government websites, following a Bulgaria decision to renew its weapon support to Ukraine. Since DDoS attacks from pro-Russian activist groups commonly target public-facing infrastructure only, actual disruption to services is limited. Nevertheless, the targeting of the European Parliament following its decision to label Russia as a sponsor of terrorism serves to once again confirm a trend of pro-Russian hacktivists targeting those who speak negatively about Russia. As such, We assess that DDoS attacks and other low-level cyber incidents will continue to be a nuisance for any entities who opt to speak out against the Russian regime and its activities. That's all for this week. If you'd like to stay up to date with cyber threat intelligence incidents, you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter using the link in the description or via our website, OrpheusCyber.com. Remember to follow us on Spotify and hit the notifications icon so you can receive an alert when we upload new episodes. Thank you everyone for listening.